Hey everyone, welcome to the Multiverse Podcast with Sonny and Vic. Let's go. Yeah, Vic. Uh, so basically, we came up with the idea of doing this podcast to just kind of discuss uh, some of the things we were working on first. I think you yeah. want to do a, kind of the mental health side and mental wealth and mental well being for people. And for me, it's you know, working in photography, filming, kind of wanting to jump in the podcast world, but not knowing where I wanted to take it. Yeah. And I think just kind of us talking about what we wanted to bring to the table, putting that idea together, working on that mind map, just kind of gave us a picture of what we wanted yeah. to clearly get through every kind of episode or every week. And I think uh, just this being our first podcast, first episode, let's just kind of discuss maybe, you know, what we kind of did before we got into this podcast world. And what we're thinking of accomplishing with this podcast and uh, just kind of all the multiverses that are going to go with it. Yeah. So the multiverse podcast, I like that idea. Um, I guess I'll introduce myself to everybody, but also to you, Sonny. So you get to learn a little bit more about me. (laughs) So I grew up in Abbotsford um, and uh, family was, uh, they came from India. Parents got divorced when I was about six years old. So that kind of split up the family. It's very uncommon for an East Indian family to get divorced. It's mm-hmm. like, man, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So grew up a little bit different than my um, cultural peers, I would say. And then um, we grew up pretty poor. So uh, me, my mom and my brother sleeping on one bed uh, until she kind of started hustling a lot more with her janitorial work. And uh, now she is happily semi-retired and she sold her 1.5 million dollar blueberry farm but yeah i come from very humble beginnings um and i went to about five six different elementary schools here in abbotsford so um for myself about my personality is i very quickly was able to learn how to make friends very quickly uh, which is why we probably connected because we met uh, online playing video games (laughs) (laughs) through mutual friends so it's just like but you can just tell when you have that rapport with somebody even online without even meeting uh, but then we then we came into real life and we started playing basketball. Yeah. We're like, yeah, this is, <laughs> there's more to life than COD, right? <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, yeah, that was uh, um, a bit of a uh, kind of my upbringing. Uh, but then uh, for myself, my main purpose in this life is uh, this nonprofit, really just an initiative that I started a few years back called Mental Wealth. So with Mental Wealth, um, uh, what had happened was when I was in my younger years, I got involved in the gangland activity within the lower mainland, which if you're around this area, you're very well, uh, you, you very well understand what went on, especially in the early 2000s. Yep. Uh, what the gang activity is, it started to come on the rise. So I was, um, I became very deeply entrenched in that. Um, and when I was about 19, 20, I started to experiment with all these different antidepressants got to a point where I was um, very emotionally blocked. Um, uh, Somebody who I considered a brother, we'll just initial him H, was uh, murdered. Uh, That put me in the, probably one of the darkest spaces I've been in in my life. Um, Was on antidepressants, couldn't and didn't know how to emotionally process that at that time. And then um, it led me to going into a psych ward where, you know, in, in your early 20s, that completely wrote me off to the rest of the world. So any credibility I had with my friends and a lot of my family members, I had kind of gone down the window. They, I was once a nice guy that everybody loved, and then uh, I turned into Vic, the crazy guy. Yeah. Um, so that was a long journey to overcome for about 10 years, um, and which what is what inspired me to want to 
connect with under other individuals to inspire them to better their mental and emotional well-being. So yeah. that's mental wealth. Um, you and I talked about it uh, um, briefly just in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, but my work mainly consists with mental wealth of have I've had a one-on-one coaching practice, which I've done for many years. Uh, then I started to turn into group empowerment workshops. I've done with the youth, elderly, men, women, uh, now working with the government, correctional officers. Uh, but uh, really, I just started working with as many minds as possible mm-hmm. um, under the philosophy that um, I don't necessarily want to sell you a solution or a tool on how to better your mental well-being. I wanted to be kind of like that person who could almost create an environment where you felt safe to explore all the different traditional and non-traditional tools to better your mental health. That's what I realized after doing the work. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm also a yoga teacher, but I don't want to sell you yoga as the cure-all to your mental and emotional ailments. Um, And uh, just because I had a really bad experience with uh, pharmaceuticals does not mean that I want to deter you from trying something that could eventually maybe even save your life or somebody that you love. So uh, I wanted to just be able to kind of hold space for people so that they felt comfortable trying. So that's the philosophy behind it. It's just like, I'm not going to have the answers for you, but I'm never going to sell you anything um, so that you can realize that you can actually figure out your own mental wellness recipe through careful uh, experimentation, which can be done joyfully. And if you're around like-minded individuals, you won't ever have to come to a space where you feel like, oh man, I'm doing this because if I don't, I'm fucked. Like if I don't do this, I'm going to, I'm going to be anxious forever. My family members might commit suicide or they're going to be addicted to this drug or, or whatever that may be. I want to be able to come to a space where I dealt with my demons and I became the person who I was when I was growing up. I still have that essence of I just wanted to make friends and connect with people for the sake of connecting from this beautiful space of love that I've always had inside me that may have been muddied through my upbringing after high school, but it was always there and that's what I wanted to do. So I, I tucked away the hate I had for, processed the hate I had for the psychiatrist that I dealt with. Uh, maybe some of the you know the people that murdered H, uh, yeah. you name it, man. Like it, it, it was uh, it was a long road to kind of come back here. And then now, when you presented me this idea of doing the multiverse podcast, I was like, "Fuck yes, yeah. me!" <laughs> because I'm very apprehensive when it comes to social media. I'm like, I applaud people who can go on there and create content, and they're in a room by themselves and they're able to kind of speak from their heart. I need you yeah. to help pull that out of me. So that's what the, uh, the beautiful part about, I think about this yeah. dynamic is when you do this together is like, I'm a people person. Like I didn't create mental wealth without other individuals that I work with. Like yeah. the work that I do is very much inspired by the people that I work with. And I'm constantly, as it grows, it's like there is no growth without the interactions with the others and the people True. that I work with and their feedback and what's worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the beautiful part about this, which is why I'm all on board for the Multiverse podcast. Um, to be able to give mental wealth a bit of a, 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 you know, a little bit more of a boost online. But you know what? Other than that, man, I'm not, I'm not that path though. Yeah. That's the thing. So when we started talking about the different topics and you created a very beautiful mind map, yeah. fucking just all the different colors of the rainbow and it's beautiful. I'm like, man, this is beautiful. You got all these ideas and topics, sports and uh, the culture, you talk about photography, you talk about uh, investments and all these things are, are beautiful because I think um, at the end of the day, why we wanted to touch on the multiverse podcast as just being very broad in terms of topics is 
because we are broad individuals. Yeah. We are not maybe a certain set of circumstances within our life and we're like, hey, I'm just going to label myself the mental health guy yeah. or the yoga guy or I was also a sales coach yeah. or I was Vic a gangster or I was Vic the guy that was in the psych ward. I'm neither in my successes nor my failures. Yeah. I'm Vic. True. Right? And yeah. I think that's what the multiverse represents is the opportunity for both of us to be able to dive deep into every aspect of ourselves. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. No, I like that. I like the kind of all the like the stories and I can kind of already visualize some of the similarities we have growing up. Yeah. Just being in our brown culture and all the things that go on and in our time of growing up was a lot different than what it is now. I think yeah. that time, you know, like living in this kind of lifestyle of those 1990s to the 2000s, once we hit that high school period too, from elementary to high school, I think that was a really transitional time. Yeah. Because that's when, you know, that uh, the Bindi Joel Hall, the gangster, Track gangsterism suit. or whatever the word is, that kind of just came into our culture. And, you know, that's the way we got to kind of make money out here and scare people because, you know, that's the only way for us brown people to kind of like make something of ourselves. So I think that was a lot of the pressure that, you know, I felt I was kind of in that world myself, have a lot of family, lost a lot of family too. And, you know, the last probably like five, six years, a good amount of family that was in there. So I totally get the similarities and differences, but before we kind of indulge in that, I'll just kind of talk about... That's a whole about, different episode. Yeah, literally <laughs> like an entire episode. That's, that, that's like a series, that's a saga. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole one. So yeah. my kind of background is uh, I was born in Vancouver, uh, first lived in Richmond for maybe the first year or two of my life, and then yeah. my parents, uh, my entire family, so my dad's got his, you know, five uh, sisters and three brothers and... All of them were into the uh, farming life, so we basically moved to Abbotsford, got into the farms out here, did a lot of farming work, grew up around farms my entire life, lived on a farm my entire yeah. life, basically. And then from there, just, you know, went to school here in Abbotsford, was raised around here, just knew everybody in the local area, went to MEI. Yeah. So I was a little bit of an yeah. outcast in our... The whitewash brown boy. Yeah, basically one <laughs> yeah. of those whitewash, even though I was, wasn't. was Like yeah. I had my best friend uh, who went to school with me. He was that type more of, you know, didn't hang out, hang around with many brown people. So he did yeah. kind of have that whitewash uh, system to himself a little bit. And me being from a really large family of like the culture, going to the temple all the time, that still stuck with us. Yeah. Traveling to India all the time was a big thing. Yeah. You and can then, be both, right? Yeah, literally. And yeah. then uh, high school, you know, just uh, kind of uh, going to school here at MEI again. And then from there, uh, moving to India yeah. to become a dentist. I had some uh, relatives that were already there from here that were uh, doing it themselves. Yeah. So I totally thought, you know, I'm going out there. I'm going to become a dentist. I hated it. <laughs> Didn't want to go there. Kind of, you know, the parents obviously have that force and power over you at that age, you know. Yeah. So they kind of pushed it along and I went with it. Lived there for three years. Met some amazing people out there. Still have some of my best friends uh, that are from India and we constantly talk to each other even through all the you know turmoil that's going on in India right now. Yeah. And uh, just kind of built all these beautiful relationships there and then ended up having to move back. And it kind of sucked when I moved back because uh, I was supposed to go back to India. I came back just to visit How for summer. How long were you in India? Uh, three years three in total. Years? Yeah. So around 2006 or five around there I went there. Yeah. Uh, right out of high school and then basically that one year I came back it was summer vacation all my friends were like hey Sonny when are you coming back and I just kept leading everyone on yeah. that hey it'll be you know in a couple of weeks couple of weeks couple of weeks and finally some of them call me and they're like are you ever coming back and you know we had this super tearful kind of like emotional call where I had to tell them hey I'm not coming back yeah right and it sucks you have to like basically just break that off and rip this bandage off and kind of try to forget as much as you can 
And then I was back here and basically I was about one or two months in Abbotsford and then I moved to Kelowna right away with one of my cousins. We yeah. started going to school there just because, again, uh, you know, being in India for three years and coming back, I thought there would be a lot of change out here and yeah. it wouldn't be the same old shit again. But coming back, it was the same old shit. So I kind of had to just leave Abbotsford. We moved to uh, Kelowna right away, went to school there for about two and a half years. And that kind of started progressing me into getting into business, into real estate, kind of following in my dad's footsteps. And then eventually I moved back from Kelowna, started doing real estate out here yeah. and always had this passion of like doing photography and filming and watching a lot of movies growing up, Bollywood, Hollywood, just, I would watch these movies and not just look at the storyline. I'm looking at what the heck's going on in the background. Like, how did they shoot this scene? Like, how yeah. were they able to get this person to, you know, say that many words without like losing yeah. their script or wherever they are in, on the script? And I think that was just building up in the background while I had all these other jobs and working these nine to five jobs at, you know, TELUS and BC Hydro's real estate department, the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority, working at these jobs that, you know, have a safeguard. They're all union jobs, yeah. but they're that nine to five, having to go to Vancouver all the time. Yeah. And I think uh, just kind of having this passion of, you know, me and you finally got a chance to work together on some footage and kind of listening to you and understanding your whole background and story of where you wanted to take your life and the projects you wanted to do. I think that kind of kind of lit something up under me, a little fire and that, you know, it was maybe a tinier fire in the beginning. And now I'm seeing that fire kind of grow as I've been trying to work and, you know, go to L.A. to do some projects there, doing projects here and seeing all of it kind of get put together and me actually in that field and working yeah. i saw that passion kind of reignite like yeah. just take off yeah and right away you know isn't just, it funny you won't really realize <laughs> you, you won't it won't really kind of make sense to you and start you start doing it yeah literally yeah. literally it's like in the back of my head i had all these ideas yeah. but i never jumped on any of them i would just kind of think about it maybe play with one or yeah. here or there until we kind of started doing some work together yeah. and i started finally doing some projects here and there and that just ignited something that i'm like you know what i gotta go after yeah. this i gotta put a little bit more time and effort in there and this nine to five like yeah it pays well and whatnot but like being from working from home how covid kind of put all these different restrictions on things and having a newborn just after covid that changed yeah. everything seeing her every day at home that kind of wanted me to pursue something else where i would be able to have a little bit more time on hand and be able to you know hang out with fr uh, family and friends a little yeah. bit more so I think that kind of just all added up to this idea of a podcast and, you know me listening to podcasts way back in the day when podcasts weren't anything yeah. it was just me listening people were like why the hell would you listen yeah, to people like, why talk you listen to this and it was more of me listening to kind of people uh before audible and all this stuff came out about a book being put on audio it was more yeah. so that it was kind of listening to these weird authors and stuff that i can't even remember their names anymore and some of the books that they've written it was just awesome to be able to read a book yeah. without having to read the book yeah to listen to it on you know just driving to work or back you know it's an hour there an hour back that's yeah. two hours a day of listening to something and then I think from that, just the podcast has always been in the back of my head, but not knowing what I wanted to, you know, how we kind of talked about maybe doing only mental wealth or only doing one thing. But then when I sat down and I was looking at some of the podcasts that are out there, they're so restricted in what they do. And they're such niche podcasts. Like, but then you, but then you also want to be able to kind of like just tap into every part of yourself, right? Yeah, and not exactly. be restricted. Yeah. So, you know, I like the, you like look at other podcasts, but it's like for me too, it's like, I got to a point, you know, you work in mental health for so long. Also you get, you get labeled as a, this is who you are and yeah. you get introduced as that's who you are. And then people kind of, they, this is, we all do this. We have this, uh, we have this thing where we just kind of immediately judge somebody based on what they tell us that they do. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. it's just like, yeah, that doesn't even scratch the surface of yeah. who I am as an individual. So no. that's a beautiful, when we started to explore more, it's like, yeah, but 
to me, the work I do in mental health is equal to my passion for uh, poetry and yeah. yoga and playing COD. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I, exactly. I, how I do anything is how yeah. I do everything. Yeah. Like I'm going to be the same person. I'm going to show up yeah. as me in all these different areas of my life. Yeah, no, you're right. How you just touched on like when somebody sees you the first time and they meet you and you say, you know what, this is what I do in life. Yeah. Right away, you are labeled as that person. You know, you're the mental health guy. They see me, the photo film guy. Like yeah. that's all they get to see. But and it's with anybody, you know, somebody yeah. could be a doctor and you ask them or a nurse and that's what you just think that that's what they do in life. They're spending yeah. all their time and effort into one thing, but they don't get to see all the background of what yeah. other, you know, habits or what other kind of interests they might have. Yeah. And I think that's why this whole multiverse, the name of that, I just kind of like, I knew you'd gravitate towards it too, just the whole universes and we all, I believe, have our own universe that we live in. We have all these yeah. different things that are and kind of rotating around us. Or we're just intersecting. Yeah. Like we're we just might stopping live by this... and be like, yo, what up over there yeah. in your universe? And exactly. you're like, what up over here? We might live in this one overall universe, as they call it. Yeah. But within that, I think, you know, we have whatever, 8 billion people that are living in 8 billion universes. Yeah, we're all and sometimes it's awesome to bring our universes together and we find out something that's hidden in your universe that we just didn't know about until yeah. we got that chance to kind of sit down yeah. and really dissect what the heck we want to talk about. Yeah. So I think with this, it's going to be awesome because the multiverse kind of is going to be kind of broken off. It's going to be me, you talking here and there every week, at least yeah. like the most it's going to be is this, yeah. these conversations, us bringing people on. Yeah. And then it's going to be broken up into kind of a sports verse. Cause you know, a lot of the people that are around sports. us, yeah, just yeah. they love sports. It's became like this like religion now, basically with, you know, friends and family and just other people. So I think it's something we want to just be able to touch on. We're not like the craziest sports people either, even though I have friends that'll be on there that they can do the talking for me yeah. just because they know stats and whatnot. And then from there, it's going to be, you know, the just the, the mental health and mental wealth side yeah. where we get to just jump in. And I think you could probably talk on what we'd actually be discussing on those kind of podcasts and who you'd want to actually bring on to yeah. the podcast. Yeah, I think, well, you and I could just talk for days first no. to just kind of unearth <laughs> these good topics like... Um, even, uh, you know, I'll go back to what you were talking about, um, how you are, you know, people do judge us, right? Uh, immediately. And did you find that when you left India and then you came back, did you find it a little bit difficult to tap into that passion of photography, maybe just based around the other brown boys that you hung around with? Like, we're Punjabi, right? Yeah. Like, but like the you know like you talked about like the the gang mentality the mom mentality that a lot of up and they have when they get yep. together it very is sometimes can be very um limiting to what you're capable to do because that's your chamber that you kind of communicate with and they're kind of echoing back yep. their beliefs and what they think is cool and what they think is not cool so uh, the vast majority of the time um you know what i've seen even with a lot of my friends that are Punjabi that grew yeah. up, you know, um, uh, that parents came from India. It's just like, it's like almost as if they've forgotten themselves amongst the crowd yeah. of people that they hang around with. Yeah. No, I totally like coming back was weird, depressing, felt kind of like a big failure. You're leaving India, that's your career path, and now you're coming back. So I, right away, you're assuming everybody in our culture is going to be talking about it. You know, he's Fuck back. Man. Why? Like, what was the issue over Fucking there? Fucking gossip galore, They're bro. not thinking <laughs> of, hey, this guy might be depressed because of everybody and everything he knows is out here, and it's not there, and it's, you know, not fulfilling me. It's not the career path I wanted. Yeah. So coming back right away, I kind of felt that kind of tension anytime I went somewhere, and, you know, I know questions were going to be asked, so I kind of had to prepare these, like, interview-like yeah. answers. And then thankfully I had, uh, you know, my brother was there often in India with me. So when I came back, we still had that same bond and connection right away. 
then I had one of my cousins, Lali, who we, uh, similar to Cod, played Counter-Strike all the time. So I'd, you know, go to an internet cafe in India and he'd be out here <laughs> at weird hours and yeah. times of the day and night and we'd play. So we had this connection still. So right when I came back, it just felt like, you know, I have another brother that I can just kind of lean on. Yeah. So totally, like, uh, there was totally different things trying to draw me. Obviously, that gang style life, I had a lot of relatives in it. That was drawing me there because I'm like, you know what, easy free money. Like I left one career path, I could just jump on another, an easy way to do it. Yeah. And I kind of had to find myself right away basically in that first year of being back. So it was like uh, a really big thing. And at that age, I'm not thinking of uh, anything as like mental health and you know my mindsets and emotions. You're just kind of at that age, just playing along with whatever you kind of desire and what you do and drinking all the time and doing all these drugs yeah. and just trying to party it out and think that's going to kind of help your lifestyle just because when you come back, that's what everybody around that time was doing. Yeah. And then you take a look at it though, like deeper beneath that. It's like, why is everybody doing that? It just comes from the deepest desire to want to connect with your surroundings, man. Yeah. All you want to do is connect with everybody. Yeah. That's where gangs are formed. It's the yeah. connection. It's the brotherhood. It's just like very rarely was I ever enticed by money. I don't even have many. I don't even I only have one tattoo. I yeah. never wore any kind of like jewelry or anything like that. Yeah. I, I love my brothers. Yeah. So it's just like at the at the root of it all, everybody's so much um, desperately seeking that connection with others that it, you know, at the end of the day, they're not really going to question what that entails in terms of their actions and behaviors. Yeah. So it, it is a slippery slope, especially when you, you know, talking about our families when they come from India and they're having to manage and navigate in a new world where you, okay, they have a lifestyle out in India, but completely, it's here, it's a completely different ball game. And now they have kids growing up in a completely different culture and they're trying to navigate their finances while raising their kids, yeah. learning a new language. And there's this very distinct gap between uh, not only uh, their connection with their kids, but their community because they're still so focused on growing themselves. Yep. A lot of our parents were kids when they had us, man. Yeah. How, how old were they? They're getting married at like to fucking 16, yeah, 17, easy, yeah. man. Like, you're engaged. It's like, no, you're going to marry this person. You're done. Like, it's just infants, dude. Yeah. Emotionally, um, you know, pre like, they're, they're, they're like, they have, an, they're emotionally adolescent. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can be headstrong mentally. Yeah. Well, as a lot of our culture is very headstrong, yeah. but like emotionally, man. No. No, you're emotionally adolescent and you haven't had that opportunity to make mistakes and grow yeah. and develop your relationship skills, but you get thrown thrown into this culture it's like sink or swim yeah. you know strong work ethic and you have to work your ass off uh, because if you don't it's do or die yeah. and everybody lives to come abroad they're like there's no life if they don't come abroad <laughs> it's like oh my god the suffering <laughs> I'm, I'm abroad abroad i want to go abroad yeah. every time i go to india it's like all my cousins everybody oh you got any pics of any gordia man <laughs> no i just want to see what the, what the lifestyle's like out there it's like man yeah you have no idea you have no then, idea th then they come here and now they want to go to india every year yeah. They want to go back to the motherland because, oh, so much stress here. Yeah. Can't wait to go back to India. Running away, yeah. But that's the cycle, right? Yeah. But then you take a look at, like, uh, what's what's beneath that. So the, you can you can almost um, show a little bit of a grace to just our community, especially, you know, a lot of people who may have uh, some not so positive, um, maybe not so positive outlook on our community, especially the men, yeah. uh, because of maybe their affiliations, what they've done in the past and the choices that they've made, you know, uh, they just want to connect and maybe they just didn't have that opportunity or their parents were just not available to them yeah. emotionally to help them mature. Uh, as men because that's what it takes it's, yeah. it's not just your physicality you mm -hmm. can grow strong but that's not strength strength yeah. is being able to mature 
your emotions as well and get a better understanding of yourself so that um, you can really be a positive influence on your environment. Isn't that what being Punjabi is all about, man? Yeah. Seba? Yeah. I, I would always look at that. I'm like, uh, you know, taking a look at people, um, you know, trying to measure up like how Punjabi are you, right? Oh, how much to, how much do you go to the Gurdwara? Yeah. Uh, how much, how good is your Punjabi? Yeah. Um, you know, how does your family household look like? Um, so for me, right off the bat, I'm like, I was completely shattered if your parents are divorced. Yeah. And I'm always questioning how Punjabi am I, you know? So there's always that bit of a, gap between myself being able to fully embrace the culture but the lessons remain the same I, I went to boarding school in India for a year I remember yeah. going to the Gurdwara every day when I was younger and finding solace and my spirituality and not feeling the need to um, almost proclaim how Punjabi I am yeah and, and not needing <laughs> to compete with everybody else to show them how Punjabi I am yeah because uh, for me it came down to uh, what's your Seba game like is your seva game strong? Yeah. Not just at the Gordwara. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That's 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 where you you sharpen that skill outside the Gordwara. Yeah. If if your seva doesn't leave the Gordwara, if your seva game just stops there, yeah. I'm just gonna hand out, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just do it at the Gordwara just to show face for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Man, you're missing the whole point of yeah. Guru Nanak's teachings. Yeah. It was to just connect with humanity. Yeah. It was to embrace them, whether I wore a turban or not. Whether my family is this caste or that yeah. caste. No, Singh is not king. Yeah. King is earned. Yeah. You have to earn that, yeah. man. Through your actions and That's behaviors. True. You don't just get born into becoming a king. Yeah. And then eventually, I promise you, if you do your seva, you get to a point, you're like, I don't want that title. Yeah. I'm just who I am. I'm yeah. just another human. There's nobody above me, nobody below me. And it's like, when I do my mental health work, because I work with lots of people from different backgrounds. So when I was working in Alberta, there's not that many Punjabi people there. Um, so I, when I talk to you, I could be like, uh, you know, this was uh, eventually mental health started for me to kind of heal from parts of my past. Uh, but uh, when it became less about me and more about my seva, I realized it's so oh, that is, is my seva to yeah. humanity. And then I could say that to you and you understand it. Whereas some people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, how can you just want to do this volunteer work? Yeah. You know, because I was doing that stuff for like years and not making a dime, man. It wasn't even a non-profit. It was no profit. <laughs> I wasn't making a dime, dude. And But like, that's a seva. Yeah. It's, it was instilled within me. Whether how that looks like, how Punjabi you want to, you know, if you want to call me Punjabi, but that's where it came from. A lot yeah. of that roots from my family, my father. I remember, do you remember the little tiff that we had in the community of when they brought in tables, yeah. tables at, at South Fraser? Yeah. Okay. I remember, I don't know, I was like 10, 12. And then I remember asking my dad, I was just like, dad, what's going on? Like, why are people so pissed off that they're putting tables yeah. and chairs in the Gordwara? And I remember, because my dad's very, he, he's, my dad is like, a, he's a very intellectual individual, very quiet, humble, thoughtful, taught me, like, I know, I can count the lessons he's taught me, but he didn't need to teach me many. Yeah. But one of them was humility. And he taught me, you know, he, he just very, very briefly described to me, he's like, well, you see, when you sit on the floor and you eat with everybody, that means you're equal. Yeah. You know, there's no hierarchy that you're not, your status isn't going to make you better than them. Yeah. And there's nobody below you. So that's what it represents. Yeah. So when, then, when they brought in the tables and the chairs, it's just like if you're sitting higher than somebody, what you're uh, inadvertently kind of declaring is that you're better than them. Yeah. Um, so during that whole time, I realized, I'm like, man, when did, when did you guys realize, did you guys, do you guys realize you're bringing politics into this pure religion? Yeah. 
and you're getting mixed up and you're having feuds over it yeah. and you're not adapting. And, and then I realized, I'm like, that's a beautiful concept, dad. And my dad's like, you know, at that time, he's like, we'll continue to sit on the ground. Just, just, you know, but we're not going to, we're not going to stop talking to our cousins yeah. who are sitting in chairs, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're not going to have a feud with them. Oh, well, they go to this Gordwana, we're going to go to that Gordwana. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, that's a beautiful concept. Cause so it's, that kind of always stuck with me. But then, you know, reflecting upon that, I'm like, what if people have, you know, special needs? What if they can't sit down yeah. on the ground? Yeah. What if they just have, what if they're in crutches, man? What like, so you gotta, it's just, it's very silly. I yeah. me- No, I totally remember that time. And my dad's very similar to the way you described your dad. He's very quiet, you know, doesn't really say much. He's the youngest out of like 11, 12 brothers and sisters. Yeah. So he's humble, smart. He's kind of picked up from all their mistakes. Yeah. So I remember that time it happening to him. You know, my dad, my family, they were four, you know, sitting on the ground. It's yeah. just always been like that. Yeah. It's part of the religion. So they didn't want to kind of modernize it or North Americanize it. Kind yeah. of, I think that's what everybody was scared of, that we're going to kind of bring in all these... uh uh, Canadian and American styles of thinking into our religion. So I think people kind of panicked at that point of this clash happening. Like, why the heck are we bringing in these tables and chairs? But it's at the end of the day, like to me, when I looked at it, I was like, I don't understand why you guys are fighting. Like, why not have both? If you want to sit on the ground, you sit on the ground. If you want to sit on uh, tables and chairs, you sit on tables and chairs. But in my thinking, again, that's very different. Yeah. That's being from here already and not understanding my religion as yeah. much as that age. Whereas yeah. these people are very stuck on whatever their thinking is of the religion. So I, I totally understand where both sides or where, where they're just sitting on the ground was coming from. I saw the feud of why they wanted to fight for that right. And now when you're at te- uh, temples, you'll see some are just tables and chairs. Some are just on the ground. And then you do find those temples that have both. Yeah. And exa- those are my kind of temples, man. <laughs> exactly. And the way that you yeah. kind of said it, the people that are having issues, they're maybe handicapped in it. And like they're old. Usually these places, like if somebody's sitting there and an older person comes yeah. with their plate, people are willing to get off those, yeah. sit on the ground and let these older people that should be able yeah. to sit a little more comfortable and yeah. not have to be in any kind of pain to sit on those things. So that's what I like seeing in those temples is that there is a reason why there's tables and chairs, just because some people can't sit on the ground like it makes total sense it's very hard for yeah. them to sit and if they sit they might not be able to get up and if there's nobody that day at the temple really the lunger hall is dead like somebody doesn't know that they got to go help somebody to pick them up right yeah. so i think yeah i was around that time too and like I, I bet a lot of people that you know are born not too long ago they don't they would not understand that i like concept at all because they've been going to temples and it's been like a total mix of different things and they wouldn't think twice of you know why is there a table and chair here or why is everybody only sitting on the ground yeah so i totally remember that vividly that yeah. time that all those arguments and people rushing different temples and all this crazy drama that was going on at that time. yeah because if you break it down it still shows you what can happen how you can um, kind of isolate yourself with truly connecting with others if your outlook and view on even our culture is very narrow yeah. it's and 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 you're not able to detach from it to question it from time to time yeah. to be able like oh where are we today maybe back in the day probably better everybody was more flexible because they were moving a lot more yeah. they weren't said uh, they weren't sitting at their desks all day so i bet you probably back then well, when we were farmers yeah. all back in punjab like everybody's just chill they're good sitting on the ground because yeah. that's how they rest is yeah. how they, they squat down yeah. right we don't squat in canada we nobody's don't. squatting down so they're yeah. not used to that so it's just like i can see how um but also wanting to preserve the culture and how if the one thing i realized is okay so i go to boarding school in india okay grade seven grade six and seven my mom sends me out there 
for her, she has her reasons, whatever. Girls yeah. are calling the house, and my, they took me. She's, I had my little agenda. I'm like, man, mom, they were calling because they have my agenda. They're just pranking. Yeah. It's like, you're too young to have kids. I'm like, mom, that's like biologically impossible. <laughs> she's just like, she's always worried, right? So then, uh, whatever. And then she just, but she also, part of it, she wanted me to really learn the culture and yeah. never forget our roots. So I go to boarding school for a year in India. And uh, there's Muslims, there's there's a Sikh, there's uh, there's a few like people from Australia, um, all shades of brown. Yeah, <laughs> every single shade of brown you can think of. I'm going, I go there, and me and my brother were getting into fights every day because we're Canadian. Yeah. It didn't matter that I'm Punjabi man, and I yeah. could tell you, but I had to prove it to you. It's just yeah. like my accent is different, so I think I'm better than you. So I that experience taught me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Um, I remember. Um, having a little group of friends. One was a Muslim, one was like Hindu, one was like, so we had this, this white guy and he was in our group, he was from Australia. And I remember these guys are just like, fuck man, I don't give a fuck who you are. You know, you like what I like, you like Archie comics. And I yeah. remember having Mentos all the time. I share my Mentos <laughs> with them. We had a little ragtag group of friends. It's just like, but everybody else, it's like if, if, if you are different, yep. And it, it, it makes them fearful and not want to interact with you because yeah. people very much to their core, whether they're aware of it or not, resist change. And they're like, they want to fight you. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a nervous system Especially reaction. Especially India. Fight or flight. They want to just leave you alone or they want to fight you. Yeah. The, so when I come back, I'm like, it completely brought in my outlook, which is why I think I got, I was able to, you know, not talk about being, talk about being whitewashed too. So I was like, I got along so well. I was like yeah. an Indian in the freaking Texas of Canada, yeah. in Alberta. And I was involved with that community for so long in Okotoks, Alberta, that like, nobody, everybody got to just know Vic. Yeah, of course, they're gonna be like, who's this brown guy? He's like yeah. the only brown guy in this town. Yeah. It's just, but like, they got to know me. Um, and that was uh, was a blessing for me, but it doesn't mean I harbor any resentment um, towards my own culture because I have so much pride yeah. in that, but I just wasn't able to connect with maybe the mainstream version of what it is to be Punjabi. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like <laughs> your story in India, like for me when I went to India, so you went in grade six, seven, yeah. and then I go, you know, when I'm like 18. Yeah. So like, it's a huge gap of, uh, you know, the time there. But when I go there, it's the same thing. Like I go to a school where it's mostly Hindus cause it's kind of outside of yeah. uh, Chandigarh. Yeah. So I'm going there and you know, my first day, like nobody wants to talk to me. I could see everybody's eyes on me. It felt like I was like, you know, in Harry Potter, when they first say his name, everybody's like, oh my God, Harry Potter. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm an outcast already. So yeah. right away, like I already felt this like reclusiveness to myself. Oh, like, they can I, tell, they can tell by talk. your swag. They yeah. can tell how you walk. They I'm not going to talk anything. to anybody. I'm not yeah. going to say anything. And then one day, randomly, my cousin, uh, and she was from here and she walks in. She's like, uh, was like a fourth year that time. I'm first year. She walks in and everybody has to stand up. Like if you're a higher... Uh, a year than anybody else they have to call you sir and ma'am and show you the respect of a teacher almost yeah. she walks in everybody's up i'm still sitting i'm like what's going on <laughs> yeah. like hello ma'am hello ma'am like what it's my cousin like she walks out she's like sunny she's like here you talk to this girl janet she's from new york she knows english well and this brown guy here kabir he knows english well so talk to them right away she like introduces me that's how i get my introduction yeah so right away i sit next to them and like we hit it off like you know obviously we we can speak english me and this girl are from north america so we already connect on that part and then the guy that i was speaking to he comes from a really good family so he had all this english he could talk to and then slowly as that first year went you know these people you think they're becoming your friends but they have that kind of 
you know, that little flight or fight, they're all wanting to kind of go against you. They might hide here and there. And then finally, I remember we had our mid-year exams and uh, some kid, like one of these kids whips out like uh, a cheat sheet yeah. and they're all using it. And I'm watching, I'm like, whoa, like these guys are all getting away with it. Whatever, it comes to me eventually. I'm like, yo, awesome. Like, I'm going to get to pass this and get like 100%. I get it. Start cheating. The teacher that's walking around, he walks to the back where those guys are and they say something to him quietly. I thought they're maybe asking him a question or something like that. Something's going on. I'm like, okay, cool. Doing my thing. Then this guy walks around. He walks past me and I have it all hidden just like they were hiding it. Walks back down, walks right back up, me, up to me and he's like, open that book. Right away, I open the book. There's that cheat sheet. So then I find out that, you know, it was these guys that just wanted to get me caught and get me in this situation. And like, it put me in this whole other thing because my guy cousin from here was out there too. And he's a, you know, a hothead. Yeah. So he, you know, gives me a call after that day, that night. And he's like, Hey, you know, how'd your exam go? I was like, Oh, it went good. Really good. He's like, don't fucking lie to me, Sonny. Yeah. He's like, I know the head teacher there, the guy that runs that department. And he called me personally to let me know that your younger cousin was caught cheating. I was like, well, this is what happened. And he told me, kind of gave me that breakdown since he'd already been there for four or five years. Yeah. That, hey, you know what? This is what you're going to have to go through. That these are the kind of people that are out here. They're just scared of you. They're not bad people, most of them. They're just, they feel scared of you because they already think that you're probably coming in there thinking, hey, I'm just like some higher hierarchy person. I'm going to come here for a little bit, start around, throw some money and go back to Canada. So they had that and I had to actually sit down with a lot of these guys that lived in the hostels and kind of hang out with them, tell them about myself that, hey, this isn't me. And, you know, some of them obviously were going to stay with the same uh, attitude. They didn't want to, they yeah. didn't want to change. Well, they, well they, they've already kind of, their CPU. Yeah their brain has already determined yeah. how they're going to interact with you based yeah. on... And their memory is maxed yeah. out. They're yeah. not adding they're, anything they're, to that CPU. They're, they're not adding... Maxed out memory. They're not open for connection. Yeah. Not open for interpretation. Yeah. They don't care. They're not going to... Even if you bring a translator, you, yeah. you know, it, it, that's, that's a very... Uh, that's what you see. But it's also kind of like... Uh, it's disheartening. You know, you want to connect with yeah. people that you are that you share the same lineage with, like our ancestors all come from the same place. There's yep. a certain pride there when you're, when you're a Punjabi and you're like, oh yeah, we were warriors. Yeah. We're like spiritual warriors. Yeah. That's fucking pretty cool yeah. to think about, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's where, that's where we come from. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, but we're also very humble and very yeah. kind. And you know, our religion teaches that you can be open to all of the religions and learn from them. And um, Seva is something that's a staple within our religion is to give back selfless, yeah. selflessly. Like you can't be Punjabi if you're not selflessly giving back to your community yeah. And humanity and it's like that's fucking beautiful how how beautiful is that yeah. concept and then i think it just gets muddled and then 100%. you take a look at where we are and yeah canada had its part to play with it but we're responsible for it don't blame the country yeah. don't blame canada don't blame the your circumstances yeah. it's just how we all as a community um fumbled the ball because if you look around no man I, we'll, we'll take the outside world. We, that'll be a different topic for a different yeah. day. But if we're looking at our culture within Canada, we collectively fumbled the ball. Yeah, we did. We did fumble the 100%. ball because like, you take a look, it became all about, the, one of the driving forces became all about, there was no community. It was yeah. all competition. Yeah. You, can't, you can't compete within community. That doesn't make sense. It's like oil and water. Yeah. Like, you, either you want community or you want competition. Yeah. You can't have both. No. Man. You can't, you can, if you want competition, at least come out and say it. At yeah. least have the, uh, you know, but you're not, not that many people are self-aware that that's what they're doing. They're just conditioned to behave that way. Yeah. They're competing with their own community. 
for the sake of what? Something's this 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 kind of egotistical belief that they have to prove their worth through their materialistic goods. Yep. No, you're 100% you hit the mark on that. I think we did lose that because growing up, you know, our parents teach us like seva, like in the temple, do the seva yeah. there. Go sit there and what? Like sit back there and just basically give people food yeah. that you're sitting there and then you're done. Like no, our parents, maybe they were too busy at that time with, you know, what they had to kind of do because they were the first generations that were here. Yeah. And they didn't get to teach us that there is seva beyond the temple. Yeah. You can do seva at home. You can do seva in your community. I think that's, that's, that's where... That's the starter seva, man. Yeah. That's, that's like the starter. That's, that's just that's, teaching. That... No, you're that's right. That's a beta. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly. A beta test, that's man. like the starter. So yeah. I think that's where it got muddled is that it was always kept at the temples where the seva happens. Nothing happens outside. So yeah. a lot of generations, a lot of us around me, I barely saw anybody ever doing seva outside or community work until I got a lot older. And then, you know, there is those outliers that are, you know, somebody that maybe their parents did teach them what seva and community is, and they're the ones doing it. And then you see them, you know, like, holy shit, like I could have been doing this my whole life yeah. and got the people around me to do this, but it's just something that wasn't instilled into us. Yeah. It was just, hey, at the temple, you do your seva, once you're out of there, just forget about it. Yeah. Next time you go to Godavara, just be ready to go back there and serve people food. That's about it. That's yeah. where like the, the whole initiative of seva was. Yeah. So I think that's where it, I know 100% that's where a lot of it got muddled because now we see nowadays growing up all the communities that are connected. How you said there's community or there's uh, competition. competition. And we see, you know, the Asians, the Chinese people out here, how much community they have and where they, how they like to build everybody with one another. Yeah. Jewish people, you know, they get a lot of hate on them, but right. I think one big thing they're about is community, yeah. working together. Yeah. If there is competition, it's going to be competition together. Yeah. It's, hey, our, we should get our, our community to the top first and be able to help other communities, obviously, but only have competition if our community is doing well. Yeah. And then again, any but any other type of uh, I can't even remember what other kind of groups that are very similar to that. That actually they talk about you know building up your community first and then thinking about everything else. And I think India, you know, being such a big country and having all these different religions and these religions obviously growing and then moving out of the country as Sikhism is one of the biggest traveling. It's fast as growing because of its it, it's it's so it grow it's growing so rapidly and a lot of people that aren't um, even from India that are yeah. really resonating with it. It's because of its core values and beliefs. I've met people that have studied the religion who, um, in my in, in, in my view, they represent it to the T. Yeah. Because they didn't really come in there with this, like, cognitive bias of what it means to be Punjabi. Yeah. Meaning, like, like they didn't come in there kind of uh, being expected to be Punjabi or yeah. expected to do the seva. Because if you're just expected to do it, and not to go through the experience of what it's yeah. going to teach you, then it's almost a robotic action. Like there's no, there's no, if there's no motion attached to it, like there's no desire for you to want to do this on your own accord. Yeah. You're just, you're just, you're just putting on a show. Yeah. You're just putting on a show and, and then you're not going to get the actual benefits of what Seva does because it is selfless, but there's something about it that it is very, um, I think it's like it restores my vitality every time I do it. Yeah. There's nothing that like almost like you could your your mind could be you your mind could be in a million different places with your relationships, with the economy, with the world, the state of world affairs is how everybody's talking about it right now. But when you are actually putting yourself in that act of giving your attention, yeah. your energy towards another with no expectation of a return, it is like a system refresh for your spirit yeah. every single time. Yeah. Every time I've done it, 
And then, but how are you going to access that if you're just doing your seva so that you can raise your profile yeah. or you can look good on a resume or yeah. you can do it to appease your family because if that's what you think you're supposed to do. No, it's like, don't, don't do it because you think you're expected to do it. Do it because you understand and you've experienced what it truly means to be Punjabi by yeah. putting the needs of other before yourself. And you yeah. know what the beautiful thing is? You start to put your needs, the needs of others before yourself, you get taken care of. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm always taking care of everybody else around me, guess what? They're going to do the same for me. Yeah. And you know what? Some people aren't. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But I promise you, out of all the experience I've had in my life, you ever heard um, the, there's like that poker analogy where everybody always remembers their bad beat? Yeah. Right? Everybody always remembers, okay, I had this much money, but I always remember my bad beat. Yeah. I always remember how I lost it. Yeah. Because the, the negative weighs a lot more than the positivity. Yeah. Weighs on you, weighs on your mind. But those positive interactions, man, I've had way more positive interactions with people within my community than more sometimes. But sometimes those negative uh, interactions are the loudest. Yeah. They get the most attention. Yeah. They're the most talked about. Yeah. You know, And we have dropped the ball on representing ourselves collectively. But uh, do you know what? Beneath all that, the spirit still remains. Yeah. We're still, we'll survive. And you know, this culture will be, our uh, Sikhism is never going to go away. Yeah. It'll be one of, I think, the cultures in humanity that help to contribute towards the overall balancing of humanity. Yeah. Like, and not saying it's more than anything else because it encourages you to kind of explore all of the religions. It's like, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, you're right. And like Sikhism, how you kind of said we're spiritual warriors yeah. and we can be humble yeah. and quiet. Like we are one of those, you know, religions are kind of like a community of people that are quiet, that sit in the background. We let yeah. India, you know, the Hindus to run India and Pakistan, you know, got all the Muslims. We just stuck with India. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of people we are. We wait for the moment to actually have to do something or have to do an action that might go against what people believe or think. But it's an action that we've had to do to protect our faith, protect yeah. our community. And I think that's kind of how we came out as that type of person. We were these great warriors. And, you know, we eventually these warriors had to start families and yeah. learn that whole side of the world of it's not all just fighting. And I think that kind of interrelationship between the fighting and building a family really made these people that are super strong and strong hearted and just kind of uh, mentally strong too. But we also have these emotional sides that sometimes nowadays, especially we don't take care of that emotional side as yeah. much because it kind of just gets pushed out of the way. Just, just how our culture yeah. was born from day one, right? Yeah. It was just push that emotion out and you lead with, uh, you know, you're kind of yeah. your head and heart almost, yeah. and you don't think about those emotions. So I think that's a big thing that is with Sikhism that even friends now that I have a friend that I went to high school with Andrew and he became a lawyer and he's living in Victoria right now. And he never, you know, he's been around us for his whole life, Sikhs. They never really understood our history or wanted to search about it. And now that there's all this stuff going on in India and, you know, Amrit Paul out there saying is representing us in this kind of big dilemma that's going on. He started doing research and he starts randomly messaging me, you know, like usually we were just talking about golf and things like yeah. that. And he's like, have you heard of Amrit Paul? And what, it's amazing what he's doing. I'm just reading up on this and that. So it's awesome to see that now I think we're kind of coming back in the forefront again because I think we stayed quiet for a really long time. And then the farmers protest happened again. Sikhism was brought to the forefront. Yeah. 
obviously that kind of paid off but then uh, you know they kind of hit it hit it out of the news by saying they've you know accepted all all the terms that uh, the Sikhs and everybody in Punjab wanted yeah and everything got quiet again and now we have a new dilemma and now it's even bigger because it's you know something that's kind of going against human rights yeah and I think a lot of people are again getting to understand Sikhism and I think now is probably the best time for us to be able to show a good light on Sikhism yeah to actually see what it's about and like I'm seeing people that never even talked about Sikhism, never even been to India day of their life, and they're, you know, old enough now, and they're posting, you know, things about Sikhism and what's going on right now. So I think it's got a chance to really blow up and put a light on it, but I think it has to be done right. And that's, I think, what we want part of this podcast to be is obviously, like, our community is the forefront of, like, everything that we do it's just always there no matter what it's we, always there and you know it's always there e- even when i said at the beginning i was like i hold no ill will or resentment i do a little bit. yeah, as, yeah. We're ta- as we're talking i'm like fuck man i've had so many you know i've had i've made so many friends like for me it was very easy to make friends growing up but like there was always this kind of like um you know this mentality that i didn't agree with that was just like you know it's funny even though i was involved i wouldn't call it a gang it was a brotherhood it wasn't a large amount of guys within it but, like, even taking a look at all the other gangs, I was just like, man, I'm not like that. Like, everybody is dressing the same, yeah. the same slang. <laughs> They're just making decisions based on what the the crowd is doing, which is 99% of any human on the planet. If you put if you put a freaking, if you put a monkey with some monkeys, they're going to swing through the trees, man. Yeah. You put some fish in the water, they're all going to swim together yeah. in a school, right? And they're in a school of fish. They're yeah. going to get together, they're going to congregate, and they're going to share similar, they're going to adopt similar behaviors and habits yeah. and thought patterns. And, and then, you know, but it's like, but I have this kind of like... Uh, a little bit of like uh, almost kind of apprehension to even always like proudly say I'm Punjabi because yeah. I've been disheartened by the community in the yeah. past but also question like am I so I, sometimes I'm like am I Punjabi yeah. like am I Punjabi like do I get to say that I'm Punjabi yeah. or do I just get to fucking uh, you know maybe just like I'm brown so I'm just like maybe I get a, I get a free pass because yeah. my the color of my skin matches the color of your skin uh, it it kind of it weighs on you. You think about it sometimes, and I start to think. You talk about having kids. I'm like, I was just thinking this the other day. I'm like, you know, my Punjabi deteriorates if I don't if I don't speak it because yeah. English is my first language. Yeah. You know, like so it's like it, like am I gonna be able to teach my <laughs> get my kid Duolingo? <laughs> like, man, you figure it out yourself. Like you're gonna have to teach yourself Punjabi because your dad forgot how to speak uh, Punjabi. But like you know, like am I gonna do that? Yeah, it's important to me. But I think if I were to kind of like um, narrow it all down, what do I want to pass along to my children? And even the work that I do, um, uh, where I want people to know, like where that seva comes from, is just like a lot of that comes from like my mom and my dad and those beliefs that they grew up with and and they're they're good pure hearts that were not just given to them that were uh, nurtured through their own interactions but also what they believed in through partly because of what they experienced within our culture yeah right like you you you, if if we were to do a little bit of a, a spring cleanup what i would say is you know let's let's drop um Let's drop all of these preconceived notions. Let's just start from scratch again, right? Let's do a system refresh spiritually, mentally, emotionally with our entire culture. And let's just take a look at where we are at 2023 and accept where we are as humanity. We advance very fucking quickly, okay? We are fucking light years ahead of where our parents were and where their parents were. The gap between, um, you know, where, where our parents were with our grandparents 
and our gap between our parents, yeah. man, you can't compare the two. We're no. fucking light years ahead of them. There's a big disconnect between the elderly and us because yep. they don't understand what's going on. They're yep. very apprehensive to even get on a computer. It's like the fucking antichrist. Like, yeah. I'm not going to get on this computer. It's going to fucking blow up or something. I'm just afraid. Yeah. Again, afraid of change, right? Yeah. So, like, so much has happened that if we can come together to do a bit of a cultural reset, I think it's imperative to just start from scratch yeah start with some seva yeah outside of the gurdwara yeah they don't necessarily have to be punjabi for you to do your seva yeah wasn't i always thought that was beautiful like what if maybe what if that is that was what guru nanak was trying to teach is just like to just be open almost like not a religion but a philosophy yeah. if you will right like almost like buddhism where buddhism is a way of living it's not a f- religion like you don't have to you don't have to um sit in the gurdwara and and recite our das and 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 sit there all day and and then that what's that's what makes you punjabi but if that's what you do the more power to you but i'm saying like you can also uh spread that love and become a spiritual warrior within your community yeah. to be a pillar within the community to work alongside of other spiritual pillars where people's backgrounds are maybe christian or muslim or they're atheists some of my favorite people are atheists yeah. you know like i'm i'm spiritual but you know what at the end of the day am i going to fully punjabi probably not yeah. cuz we all come from one source mm-hmm. you know we all come from one source am i going to identify myself as punjabi again this is a motherfucking multiverse man yeah. <laughs> there are many different many different um components that made up who i am and punjabi is one of my pillars sikhism is one of the pillars the culture india you yeah. know i i come here i've been to india more than some of my friends who have uh judas and they yeah. they they go to the temple like and they they speak more fluent punjabi than me I've been I've been I've been swimming in our culture man. Yeah. I lived in India. I grew yeah. up I went there after H was murdered. I lived in there for a year too. I went out there and some of the happiest times I've had are with my family and just seeing the sunsets. I don't care if it's pollution man. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I don't it's, care. No. That sun's beautiful, dude. I think that, that's another, you know, misconception that people here have. They go there once. This is the first time there. They're in the pind. Yeah. Their entire trip, they're in the pind. Soggy, mucky, shitting, pissing, everything out that they eat because they, they they're, they're, they're not used to it. It's they're not shock. used to it. And it's, it, they have to understand you're traveling somewhere that takes a day to get there. First of all, yeah. which is not normal to fly that no. long, and you're in a whole new place now. A you're whole already new tired world. and you're agitated. Yeah, you're already. You don't have hot di- water. You don't have anything yeah. that like you normally would have. Now, even though now it's gotten a lot better, so they're they have this misconception of this is what India is, and they're done with India. They go that one time, and now they're going to tell people that. So now it's kind of giving them a misconception of not. wanting to go to yeah. India because they haven't experienced it everybody around them says it's so bad yeah. and they don't get the chance to see it and we've been there like I love going to India honestly like I want to have a second home in India just because yeah. of I love the family that I have out there and you know a lot of them didn't get the opportunity to come to Canada and you know get the benefits of living here and kind of you know the non benefits of living here too because when I see them I see so much less stress yeah. and you know they're just hanging out at home with all the family all the grandchildren are living together everybody's yeah. there so i get to see like all that and going back every year just being able to kind of see the changes in india too because they're understanding that they have to kind of modernize a yeah, little bit yeah they kind of go with the times and now they have all these new hotels and all these other places you can stay at. you don't have to be stuck in the pind anymore yeah. right there's a lot more to they do they want to accommodate the yeah like there. i'm always trying to promote india for people to go now yeah. and if they need people to go with i'm always willing to go yeah. i'll tell you the kind of time i'm going 
and just come along and I'll show you the main locations, main areas, because yeah. I like to visit uh, places when I'm there over yeah. and over. I don't care. Yeah. And I'd be able to show people a good good enough time that, you know, you'd be like, I want to go back to India. Like, yeah. I liked it here. I met these cousins that I'm cool with. And this area I really loved. I'd like to be, bring my significant other, maybe other friends and family and do a little trip there. Yeah. I think there's a lot of disconnect and misconception on what India is like. Yeah. Just because people have been there once or twice or they've heard it from a friend or a family member that yeah. it's just not a place to go yeah yeah i agree with you 100 percent. all right well if we're getting um i think i have some final thoughts for this uh our very first episode so good introductions but i think what i really want to touch on is seva yeah. okay what is seva all right we're going to do a little bit of a modern update with seva right now all right take the seva out the gordwara and can you show that same love and kindness for somebody who is doesn't have the same color of skin as you is the same sex is the same uh, is politically of, uh, aligned with your ideas and ideologies can you do that yeah. can you show somebody love without receiving that same love in return that's seva that's 2023 seva yeah. in canada amongst a wide diverse of different cultures and backgrounds that's where I think if, you know, we can help to kind of inspire our community is why don't you take the Seba out the Gordwara and put it into the community and yeah. not kind of, uh, you know, um, not choose sides. No, and, you're right. And, and uh, who you're going to support and service. Yeah. Right? No, just how you're talking about that right now, I was thinking in my head, like, eventually, you know, when this podcast kind of grows and we get a bigger following like I, I think we should make that a pillar definitely the save us side yeah and maybe you know I love obviously creating content editing yeah. and all that like definitely reaching out to our audience and just people that just we know that, them. hey yeah. you know what maybe uh, do some seva yeah. and send us a video and we want to put it up and show that yeah. look at these are all the people it can be different walks yeah. of life you don't have to do it for our community only yeah. just show that you've done something and be able to send it yeah. to people like us so we can just spread that message out there yeah. and show, look at this is Seva. It doesn't have to be, you know, you have to donate a million dollars to be somebody that's doing Seva. No, you could, you don't even have to donate. Se just being in the presence of some other people it's, and showing your yeah. gratitude and being humble and just helping them with whatever. Need every, 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 every time when you wake up in the morning before you go to bed, you have the opportunity for some Seva yeah. with your family with somebody who has a flat tire opening the door yeah. i don't care it's not chauvinistic just open the door yeah. man or woman just open yeah. the door okay somebody's behind you 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 can um just be respectful in traffic um you see somebody having a hard time you see somebody who's in need of money don't instead of giving them money give them some food yeah right you see somebody panhandling give them some food yeah all right you you can their seva is not is take it outside the gurdwara and apply it to your lifestyle and your way of being then you become it you're yeah. not going to have to act and, yeah. become, and then so then like i remember when i was doing all that non-profit uh, no profit work you know i was organizing community festivals open mics for kids adults business networking events i was doing all these free mental health groups and like and people are like oh where does it come from and asking questions i was yeah. doing like newspaper uh i was doing interviews with the newspaper it's it can very easily be summed up to a way of being yeah that's all it yeah. is. It's just save a man. Uses instead of talking about it, you can be about it, and we can inspire so many people. Hopefully, and it can to, become to, a yeah. Just the way you're saying it, it can become a habit. Yeah, that's what we want it to be. Like you don't have to think of it as habit. We want it to obviously just be a part of your daily life. Yeah, but to form a habit, you have to do it. Yeah, and you have to consistently do something for it to become and, a habit. And you can't pick and choose. You can't. It's like it's you like can't pick and it's, you can't pick the you can't pick the like um, what is it the what's the what's the what's the what's the most popular thing to be pissed off about today yeah. 
okay? You can't just pick, uh, I'm gonna go join the LGBTQ community and march with them or the Black uh, Lives Matter gang and I'm gonna go with uh, this uh, anti-establishment gang, the pro-vaccine gang, the anti-vaccine gang. Yeah. You don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. You don't get to, you know, and you know, you're not, you're, you're going to just have to do this every day and whatever it ends up becoming, it becomes. Yep. But if you try to plot it, <laughs> if you're putting so much thought into your seva, yeah. man, your seva game's way off. If way you're doing off. it for political aspirations, yeah. you need to get humbled and come back to your roots. If you're doing it to, to make your business stand out, you know how like all corporations now, you don't even listen to corporations. It's like, we're giving back to this initiative. Yeah. yeah if you buy this, we're going to give back a certain percentage of these proceeds to yeah. this company. Yeah. Oh man, you're yeah. still a horrible corporation and yeah. entity. And, and you're still, you're still. There's some some atrocities that human atrocities. <laughs> exactly. We don't know what's going on in the background with some of these companies, though we do. Yeah. And the other thing is, they could be saying that. Like I know we've heard of a lot of uh, charities that end up taking money, and they're saying that they're helping all these people. But when somebody's actually gone in there and broke down where that money's going, and it's actually being paid off to the people that run the organization yeah. rather than going out. Yeah. So there's all these that, things that we have to, I think, sometimes man, just do a little more research on. People, you need to understand, when you work with charities, so when I started doing the nonprofit and I started going deep with that, you started, uh, I started interacting with all these charities. I actually started working with the Alberta government, too, to put on different events because they saw that a lot of my events were gaining traction. Yeah. Um, so they're like, oh, can you help us with these youth events? And I started to connect with all these individuals who were aspiring to start a nonprofit or a social enterprise, which is a social enterprise is like, is if a corporation and a charity had a baby, that's a social yeah. enterprise. So like I started interacting and kind of swimming in that crowd of people. And quite honestly, a lot of these people are doing it for, I, I believe, for the very wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, they're doing it because um, they are, somebody else told them to do it. So uh, they, the, the media said that this is what you should be doing, where you should be putting your attention and your focus. This is how you should be giving back. Yeah. Um, I get prompted when I see people knocking at my door, or when um, I go to the grocery store and now it's giving me an option to donate to this charity. <laughs> it's like, no, man, that's like very surface level seva. It is. Yep. It's surface level seva. If yep. you want to go to the really core of it and you want to get to the nitty gritty, that you're doing that shit every day. Yep. And mental wealth for me became what it became because I was doing it every day. Yeah. And that's the best way to describe it. Fuck that yeah. felt good to describe it. I've written yeah. some shit. I'm like, fuck, man. I'm just doing this <laughs> to just explain it to people. Yeah. But if I had to put it in a nutshell, that's what it, it yeah. that's what it is. And so then you, can you imagine how beautiful it would be if our culture started to just embody that uh, notion that they could just give back, um, you know, and no action is greater than any other action. Yeah. Right? No action is greater than any other action. Just because this person has raised $35 million for this charity, it does not devalue that this person stopped to help somebody change a tire. Yeah. It is yeah. equivalent yeah. because they are about it. Yeah. And if they had the $35 million, I bet you they donate it too. Yeah. This person got it. And I bet you people that are donating, moving all this money around, where the fuck's the change? Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, where, where is it, man? How you said, you know, one action is not greater than another action. I think, you know, changing a tire after you change that person tire you feel good you when feel they good. drive off donating that 35 million you yeah. feel good that you donated it both people have the exact yeah. same feeling from two different actions yeah so it's the same feeling overall that you're you know doing uh some kind of help for a cause yeah but you did two totally different things one's you know somebody might classify that as a low level seva or something like yeah. that but end of the day you help somebody in need yeah somebody that could have you know yeah. it's a rainy day and they needed a tire changed yeah. and they have nobody else and they're just having a really bad day 
you might have saved that person's life that yeah, day. Yeah, and and if you wanna and if you wanna like so then that's the <laughs> lifestyle, right? Like you're doing it on a regular basis. Like I come here, you're like, yo, you want some water? Like just serving people, right? Like that's seva, right? Like mm-hmm. so what's engraved in us? We always want to cater to the prane that come over. Yeah. Like the guests are here, right? Yeah. Like I want to give them all my love and my attention. Yeah. You take that outside the outside, house. You can exactly. do that with everybody. But if you want to go deeper into it, kind of like um, like a project, and now you're focused to have like a greater impact, well then do so based on your own experiences in life. Yeah. Okay. Not because it's trendy. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I sometimes I don't get along with people that are in kind of like who are almost activists in mental health. Man, we we don't speak the same language. Yeah. Like just like I I hopefully can inspire some of those people to say that you can have more of an impact if you start to create some change. Yeah. Start to create some programs. Yeah. Start to create some action. Collaborate with other individuals. Inspire them because we can have these bell let's talk days till the sun fucking comes up. Yeah. But then it's not what's gonna help to yeah. uh, make a positive impact yeah. in the culture uh, surrounding mental health. If we can start to um if if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna do something. You want to start your own thing? Good. Start yeah. your own thing. Create some create some kind of initiative that is a service yeah. to people, yeah. right? We've raised enough noise, yeah. okay? Just create a service. Yeah. If you don't want to, um, you know, do it on your own, go and study and research mental health initiatives and be very careful about who you align with yeah. to ensure that their bottom line isn't to generate revenue so that they can pay off everybody within their organization. And these CEOs have fucking 100K, 200K, 300K salaries. Because I tell you, it's it's gonna become a business very fast and it's gonna be hidden and you're not gonna be, you're not gonna feel fulfilled. So if you wanna feel fulfilled, uh, align, do it yourself or align with somebody that you feel that shares your same values and beliefs. And that's what's gonna help move this whole uh, this kind of like uh, that's what's gonna stir up some change because yeah. I don't need to donate money. Yeah, man, I did. I was doing forty events a month, Sunny. I was doing forty events a Damn. month, all free. Yoga classes, meditation classes, mental health support groups. Yeah. I had uh, mental health professionals facilitating. I had non-traditional mental health uh, professionals facilitating. I made zero money and the community gave me free access. Yeah. I didn't fucking need anything other than that. Yeah. I made no money. I didn't need money to do it. Yeah. I needed a I needed a vision. I needed to connect with community. I needed to do it for with pure intentions. And when you communicate with people, they can see the pure intentions and they will vibe with you, they'll connect with you yeah. and they will give you access to their resources so yeah. that you can work. Money is so fucking it's not the end all be all to make no. some change. If the work that I've done of man fucking like I didn't need any money. Yeah. No, and that's so inspiring to me to think about and reflect upon. And I bet you there's so many other people out there making that change with their Saba game that aren't making a dime. Yeah. And again, it's not just the 40 events a month. There are the people out there that are volunteering for their kids' school events. Yep that are donating their time, that do it on a consistent basis, that are stopping to change tires, that are hold open doors for everybody, they're the type of people that make the world go around in yeah. a beautiful way. Yeah. Without those people, man, we fucking society would collapse. Yeah, that's true. So like, eh, let's yeah. take the save out the Gordwara. Yeah, no, I think that's something we're probably gonna be touching on definitely a lot. Yeah. It's just constantly bringing that up. And I think, you know, now we obviously want to kind of target, obviously, like, I wouldn't say target, but I think our audience would be, you know, people our age, 
Some who's, older, a, who's our audience? Who yeah, are you? Whoever our audience who is. Who are you? Older, our age, but the younger one is always going to be important because, you know, having a daughter myself, I didn't really pay as much attention. I had, a, you know, a, a, an adopted younger sister, obviously, growing up. Yeah. So uh, that's when I kind of started paying attention more to the youth and kids around me. And then now having a daughter, I kind of get to see how fast they learn from us, how fast they grasp our ideas and our, our ideology and the little things that we do daily, the way we speak, talk, move, they're mimicking us. So I think in the future, obviously, what we want to do with this podcast is obviously reach everyone we can, but definitely do a lot of initiatives for the youth. That's yeah. something big that I want to take on. And I remember us talking about it too, you know, doing like those, like the big brother kind of programs yeah. and things like that. I think a lot of those programs have uh, gone away. I think there's not as many as there used to be. Like I remember in, when I was in high school, it was a big thing, a big brother program. I had relatives, cousins that were part of these programs helping young kids. And now I don't see those same things. And I think now is the toughest time that we've probably seen in humanity with us changing into technology, easier ways for people to get into stress, depression, and just emotional instability, I think right now. So to tackle those, we're gonna definitely be talking a lot about Seva, a lot about just helping the youth and what can be done. And uh, definitely I want to bring up uh, Kids Play Foundation, yeah. those kind of organizations that yeah. are putting their time and effort. And how you said, it's not always about the money. No. Yes, the money does help some organizations run and be able to provide these children and other people with things, obviously, but it's more so putting that time in and then, you know, getting something out of it and that getting something out of it is helping whoever you're trying to help. Yeah. And seeing that being achieved, I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, 100%. And then for uh, any listeners, the handful of people that will listen to this yeah. uh, for the first episode, uh, just know that uh, we're human. I'm going to say shit. Sometimes yeah. it's not going to be filtered. Sometimes it's just like I'm going to look back and I'm like, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, that's not. But at the core of who I am, I just hope it will come across uh, the pure intentions. Yeah. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. We will at times say things we might not know at the moment we're saying and they could be, you know, obviously something somebody doesn't like or someone does like and you know, we apologize ahead of time if it is something that's kind no, of way no outside. Apologies, maybe. No apologies. <laughs> no apologies. It's human. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, we're human, man. That's true. Just know, that's true. like be able to like uh, our audience just know that uh, we're going to like uh, probably I would say out of this entire conversation. 75% of it I was on point. Sometimes my emotions come up and I can tell when we're talking about our culture and yeah. especially yeah. I have a very strong relationship with other like charitable organizations and stuff and can come across as like I'm I'm, I'm angry and, yeah. and that's stuff that I work through but it's through some bad experiences yeah. that I've had with these people that I just lost trust and faith in them. So sometimes it's going to come out a little uh, maybe aggressive but you know that's... Um, it's just life. It's just life, man. Yeah. I, I'm not going to make any apologies for any of that's it true. because... We can't make apologies for the things that we say, man, because then there's, there leaves no room for error, human error. It's natural for us to yeah. kind of say some shit. Nobody's ever in their life said something and fucking been like, oh, man, I didn't mean to say that. Or I just <laughs> wasn't able to articulate my thoughts and my emotions. So I resorted to saying something that was totally outside of my character and my context. Again, it comes back to, um, you know, uh, not only will you give back to others, we got to give back to ourselves too, Sonny. Yeah, that's you know, we got to give ourselves a little bit of grace and compassion yeah. and not feel like we have to kind of sugarcoat what we're saying or, or, or make so many apologies that we don't leave this room for error. Because without that's that, true. where's the room for growth? Yeah. No, You'll see true. us fucking a year from now, we'll be so well polished, but in yeah. the meantime, fucking deal with, yeah. deal with the yeah. little like, <laughs> deal with what's going deal on. Deal with the little emotional <laughs> fucking, whatchamacallit, little volcano of emotions yeah. that will fucking come out when we start talking on different topics so yeah no it's gonna be awesome we'll have 
Again, we didn't get a chance to touch on everything. So obviously, there's going to be the whole sports verse, that sports whole side. Verse, yeah. We got mental verse. Show them the mind map, Sonny. Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely. We'll blast that up in one of the videos yeah. to kind of let everybody see what you know. Mental verse is obviously going to be about, and then we got investiverse, just yeah. kind of helping people. I think one thing you know, school doesn't really teach you is investing, finance. What the hell happens after? You can teach me, man. Yeah, after you <laughs> leave me. school, and it's I, myself. I, it's not like I know that much about it. It's just the little tidbits I know. But I want to bring on people that obviously are in those fields yeah. that can kind of that have helped me and yeah. people around me just understand the most basic concepts. Yeah, yeah. That have changed, uh, you know, how we live and how we kind of go about with our finances and all these kind of things, investments. Just because we sometimes, you know, we're just investing things just by hearing people yeah you know we're on reddit and uh, who was that uh, person that uh, we used to follow that's to the moon mm. that one account Oh, the stock thing? The stock one. There's yeah. that one stock uh, yeah, yeah, account yeah. that everybody followed yeah. when he'd say, you know, the stock's one of the moon. Well, yeah. Everybody's throwing their money on that. And now I didn't you, know what you guys were doing. I was just like, whatever, man. It was I'll crazy fucking... that time. We were taking advice from, you know, people we don't know. Yeah. Taking advice that was probably, well, just following a, a probably trend, 80% man. shit. It's just following a trend. Again, following like, a trend again. So I think it's sometimes instead of following the trends, it's sometimes awesome to bring on people that know that are in those fields every day. Yeah. And then lastly, it's going to be, we haven't got the exact name for it, but we're calling it kind of Influverse or Influiverse, where it's influencers or, you know, celebrities, athletes from all these different fields and industries and kind of bringing them on and just picking their brains of, you know, why they got into what they got into and what they're actually uh, projecting to get out of what they're doing on a daily basis. And, you know, their audiences, like bringing on their audiences and letting them kind of see them in a different light. Sometimes, you know, people are just on their own podcast all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get asked to be on another podcast. So we definitely want to kind of intermingle with other podcasts and just get their backgrounds and their ideas and their concepts yeah. of what they're trying to achieve. I know a lot of, I hear a lot of a podcast that are there. Honestly, they don't have a reason of why they're doing it they're just fucking around they're just like hey we're just sitting there having some drinks yeah, my, clear, some my, my, yeah, my clear intention is uh, it's a really good platform for yeah. me to talk about the work that i'm doing in mental health exactly right and that's what we want to be able to do is yeah. give platforms to a us to kind of we have you know mental wealth and we have gilligan world studios of the yeah. things that we do but then we want to give platforms to other people yeah. that are going to be able to help our communities and other communities and i think Hopefully when uh, any audience, whoever eventually listens to us, they don't think that, you know, we're only talking about safe. My mom will listen. Yeah. And I'm hope like she'll be our first people that aren't Punjabi or are part of our community. Don't think that, you know, we, when we say Seva, it just means our culture, our people. We mean that worldwide. It's a universal thing. It's a universal thing. It's just, we say Seva, it just means, you know, kind of helping others basically in the end. And I hope uh, everybody kind of gets to understand that as we kind of, discuss it and bring it up because yeah. i know it doesn't matter if we're in our sports verse or mental verse or investiverse yeah. all these topics kind of crisscross yeah because you know religion but it's all rooted in love and it's rooted that's yeah. what we want to talk about mostly is just rooted in love and whatever comes up it comes up and we just want to be able to discuss it with people because i know these these ideas have been sitting in our head yeah. and it, we needed a platform to let them out and i think we were kind of trying to different concepts and I think this one just kind of works because we get to just kind of relax, be ourselves. Free range, man. Yeah, let, let ourselves I wore my sweatpants. So yeah, <laughs> literally. We'll just kind of be ourselves and just do our thing. Yeah. All right. All right good, good for a step. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> First one done. All right, let's blaze. <laughs>